Hello and welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Schultz. There is a lot to talk about after Wednesday when the Russell Wilson trade became official. Also, we've got some free agent news as the Seahawks made some signings. And with that Russell Wilson trade, we saw Jody Allen, Pete Carroll, General Manager John Schneider all put out statements that they they wanted to make it clear that it was Wilson who wanted out. But yes, the main takeaway is that the Russell Wilson trade, it is official. Joining me to talk about it, Clinton Bonner and Adam Emmert. Adam, we had a press conference and everything just to make it official. Press conference and everything. I was looking forward to this one. It did not disappoint. I am absolutely uh, just on edge to hear how you guys uh, took it in, what you thought about it, and all that. I, I found it to be fascinating. Um, I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, I don't know if you can tell, but I am very excited about Drew Locke's hose. I mean, if there's if there's one thing that I can't be any more excited about, uh, I, th- I think that would have to be it because we heard a lot of talk about quarterbacks and a lot of hype uh, about, oh, how, how great Drew Locke was with his third down conversion percentage. And, you know, I, I can't get too excited about it because it's Drew Locke. They also talked up Geno Smith a lot, um, who's not even officially uh, on the team right now. But Clinton, did you have any thoughts on some of the quarterback conversation that came from this in terms of where they might be going in the future? Yeah, no, it was it was interesting that like yeah, Eason, Locke, and and Gino, uh, and let the let you know let the Hunger Games begin and forever maybe be in our favor, right? Um, but I also thought there was I don't know like I didn't take that as that will be the three that hit training camp like at all, not at not for one moment. I'm not sure if you guys felt the same. Either they have a guy they like in the draft or. There is somebody in free agency. Maybe that guy is Baker Mayfield, who was talked about uh, quite a bit today. Uh, he could be available. Yeah, he could be available. We chatted all about that a bit uh, via text today. And I think we all have slightly different opinions uh, regarding Baker. But getting back to the presser, uh, just my initial impressions of John and Pete in just the way they handled the the presser. You hit it on the head when you texted me, Brandon. Pete was fired up. He seems totally <laughs> reinvigorated. I feel like he feels like the weight of the world is kind of off of his shoulders that now he can run the show just how he wants to and get back to basics and get back to his philosophy. He opened with a long talk about his philosophy and, uh, you know, quoting the, I think he the might great, actually still be going uh, when he is discussing his talk with John Wooden. He that may still be if you tune back over to the press conference, Pete might still be talking about that. <laughs> He's just there, so him in a microphone, <laughs> and that's and Corbin Smith is like Pete, Pete, and he's like, no, that's a bad question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there the way they answered questions or uh, received the questions was interesting too. When it was something they wanted to talk about, boy, uh, great question, that was amazing. And then uh, other questions like. I'm not talking about that. Get out of here. <laughs> right, Do yeah. better. Like I, there was, there was a lot of that. Uh, so Pete felt fired up. John felt salty. I think he's sick and tired of everybody talking about how he is not the, the draft guru uh, that everybody uh, says that he's lost his touch. You know, like he's just, he's tired of it. He's like, Oh yeah. Hold my beer. Watch this. And I think that had a lot to do with it. 
I think with the statements they released right before the presser, that was going to mm. set the tone. Uh, and I thought it was pretty extraordinary that Jody put out a statement herself because you don't often, I, I don't know that I've ever heard from her in that way. And I, I thought uh, one of the things I got out of that, and maybe you guys will disagree, but I think Russ pissed off Jody. Mm. I really do. I mean, when she takes that shot in the middle of it, of I'm just really looking forward to everybody being here and being all in. Like that, I think that was her like taking a shot at Russ and being like, look, good riddance. I'm tired of your act. Uh, it seemed like she was ready to move on. And they all definitely in each one of their statements made sure to take a shot and to point the finger and say, we would have had you, bud, but you, you definitely wanted out of here. And I think you are reading into the Jody Allen one a little bit, but, but maybe that was there intentionally. And for anyone who hasn't seen it, her statement was, while Russell made it clear he wanted this change, he made Seattle proud and we are grateful for his decade of leadership on and off the field. We look forward to welcoming our new players and to everyone being fully engaged while working our hardest to win every single day. I trust our leadership to take us into the future and know we all wish Russell the very best. And yeah, I, I put the emphasis on the places where I think uh, you read into the emphasis. I, I mean, I, th you put, I think you put the I think you put the emphasis on the exact right, you know, syllables there, because like, number one, I have no idea what, what Jody Allen sounds like as a human. So I have to like concoct a, <laughs> a voice in my head. Be like, what is she actually? I, I don't know. I'm not sure what she sounds like. Mm -hmm. But these are very, very wealthy, successful people. They don't unintentionally use words is my is my point. Um, and that's a crafted statement that probably took several days to to create. That's not back of a napkin sketch. So I think every word is is meticulously chosen there. And we were talking earlier, John Schneider, in his statement, he throws the barb out there of like, you know, ever since we took Russ in the third round, and that stood out to me as like a little bit like, yes, that's factual. I understand that. Maybe you're digging into it. But it's a, you don't have to mention that. Everybody knows he was 75th overall, but it's a it's what you said, Adam, earlier. He was pissed. He was he was salty. He was real salty. And he he has he has a new chip on his shoulder that people are like, you don't know how to draft. You don't know how to build a team. And he's like, mother F Catfish. I've already built a team. And I'm going to start reminding you that I've done this already. And that was the piece that bringing it back to Jody when Pete was really animated today. Like look like Mr. Furley out there for, for some, for, you know, some in instances, right? High on life. Pete, Pete Carroll, yeah, high yeah, on yeah. life. Yes. And, but they were, they were the most leveled up when they talked about the relationship with what Jody gave them, what Jody has provided them, which was like, and, and Pete said it a thousand times, this like second chance at, at a new beginning. So I think it kind of all came full circle that, uh, you know, back to your point, Adam, John was not having it. John wants to change the narrative and change it quickly. Well, and it was interesting too, because to point back to a little bit of what you said there with um, them talking about what Jody has given them and that they kind of uh, paraphrase what she said saying, now you're back in your wheelhouse. Now you're back in your wheelhouse. Let's yes, get it yes. back going. And I think that kind of goes to what Amy's asking here. She wants to know what it meant when they said, transitioning key players and key spots. I think that meant, look, let's get out from underneath aging old contracts. Let's get out from underneath hoopla. I'm not saying Bobby was hoopla. He's anti hoopla, no. but they were certainly uh, sick of the Russ hoopla. 
But Bobby would be an example of a, a key player in a, a key spot in the Pete Carroll defense. Yeah, you could say that. Right. And I think they're really excited about getting younger. I mean, you heard John talk at length about that, getting younger and always having yes. in Green Bay when they had, you know, the youngest roster in the league for years and years. Right. Or when they first started out in Seattle and being the youngest team ever to win the Super Bowl and those sort of things. And that really does line up with Pete's strengths. Right. I mean, he's he's definitely better with younger guys and maybe not so much you know, established veterans and it, it was, it was interesting. It was interesting. I mean, we got to hear about, Oh, well, Pete Carroll in college, he had, he rotated through quarterbacks every three years. And you know, while sometimes it's four years, but they, gosh, they were so good that, you know, he was moving on from so quickly. So, you know, we can just change out quarterbacks like it's nothing, but, and, and that dug at me a little bit because, you know, we're in the NFL now. Well, I think the other thing that parlays into that is John said something about, you know, one of the things I haven't done a good job of, or we just haven't done. And I don't know the reason why. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm sure you don't know the reason uh, why. <laughs> we haven't gotten, uh, you know, any other quarterbacks in to use his trade bait and do all that stuff. And I think that was the shot back at Russ too. Like, hey, man we could have done a lot more for you if you wouldn't have gotten your panties in a twist when we so much as looked at a quarterback at a pro day. And if we could have gotten some of those guys in, we might've been able to parlay that into more offensive linemen, things like that. It's an asset and it's something you should always be building. And I, I think, I think that was something he was trying to make a point of. I think so. I think so too, because you know, it's, it's well known that, yeah, they went out to Josh Allen's pro day out in Wyoming and others that they were high on Mahomes and others were too, of course, uh, higher on Baker. We were talking about Baker earlier. Um, but yeah, like, I agree. I agree that like, it was just John trying to do a little like reclamation of like, no, no, no. I know what I'm doing here. And we have, we have a cleaner slate, not saying clean, not saying it's a perfectly Zamboni cheat, but cleaner than it's been in several years. Um, and back to the point of the youth that that's absolutely the, the biggest piece, right? They, they want, not not getting young for the sake of getting young. It's getting young to to rebuild a program one more time before Pete, you know, uh, set, you know, sails off. So now it's going to be: can they do it? Can can they can they actually make it work? And you know, it's not even ten years ago; it's ten years on. Patience has worn thinner. You don't even get two, three, four years. It's like you can basically get a year and a half. But let me let me ask you this: like, if the Jets stink again this year, like stink. I don't think they will, but if they really stink this year, how much, how much more time is, is solid going to get like one more year now? Like, I, I just feel like that the, the windows condense so much from even 10, 15 years ago with a rebuild. I think that's true for a lot of organizations in you look around the NFL and you see the leash being a lot shorter. I think one of the things I took out of this press conference is that Jody's going to give them some leash here. Like, I don't think this is like, hey, you don't have this figured out in a year and a half. I'm done with this nonsense. It, it, it sounds like, hey, you guys are the architects of this stuff. You've done it once. I know you can do it again, and I'm going to let you do it. And I, I don't know that they're under that kind of pressure. Now, to the converse of that, like Pete being like, pounding the table, pounding the table. We are going to freaking win games this year. Like, he, he literally thumped the table. When right. he was saying those things, that wasn't an exact quote, but it was, 
he was a fired up Pete and I think he feels reinvigorated and uh, I, they definitely like a, a couple of the quarterbacks in this class. I, Cause of John's statement regarding the draft, they're like, Oh, you know, it's not a strong class for quarterbacks says, Ooh, right. <laughs> I, I love that. Whoops. I love that. I'm like, yeah, well me, I, I'm one of those guys, but you know, I'm also an idiot in a plywood box in the woods. So, I it's uh it'll be interesting to to see if uh he proves out right there but the other thing I read from the tea leaves on that is I don't think they're looking for somebody near the top of the draft I think they're looking for a value pick later one of those dudes fall quite a bit that they actually like um I also enjoyed the way that John took accountability um to Jason's comment here he's like <laughs> I think it was my fault that we did not tell Bobby. And I, I don't know if that's Jason trying to take. No, I, there yeah, or... I think we all, I think it was, it's Jason's fault. I, I'm, I'm going to take some blame. It was partly my fault that we didn't tell Bobby. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't tell Bobby. So you, I, you didn't I'm, tell him. Yeah. I, oh, I, no. I saw the tweet and I didn't tell Bobby. So, I mean, it partially, I, I no, no, Clint, 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 wait, 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 no, it's also, also a little on me. I mean, I, I had the solar turned off and, I, I could have been ready to go. I could have been ready to go and, and, and tell Bobby too. So uh, I'm glad me, you and Jason and Brandon were, we all and John and Pete and Jody and you know, the equipment manager. Yeah. All yeah. of us. It's all of our fault. I was glad that they addressed it in the way they did. I, I don't, I would have been upset had they not addressed it in any other way, because yes, it's something that you cannot drop the ball on. Like, as soon as you make the decision, you call him. Mm -hmm. And I know John Schneider, he tried to give a roundabout explanation of, oh, you know, when guys have agents and yada, yada. So the main thing with that, though, is that I didn't get the takeaway that Bobby found out through the media. I think it was he learned about it somewhere before in the chain of the decision being made, him finding out about it through another channel. And then it got reported out through the media. At least th that was kind of my takeaway from how yeah. they explain things. He didn't hear it through the media, but he didn't hear it from the team either. Well, they, they said too to, to, you know, just take that one step further to your case. Like the, he said, Hey, when the Schefter tweet was out, you had talked to him by then. They said, yes. Yeah. So like that, that was the first one that I saw when I, when I didn't tell Bobby and I, I, I have regrets, uh, you know, a few, but I think you're right. I think it, it leaks some other way. And again, it's 2022 crap leaks all the time. So, but again, it shouldn't, he should, oh, be, no, he should be done better period. Right. Period. It, it was uh, the other day I was making excuses. I was like, well, you don't know, like what has to transpire. I was thinking to myself, does a lawyer have to like get involved and say, yes, that's now official. You could, you could make the, you know, you could, you could make that call. Is there a gap there? It didn't sound like that at all. It sounded like they just delayed it, wanted to do it on kind of their time and terms, and they blew it. it they, they waited too long. So that's what it sounded like to me. And Pete also talked about how he was lobbying to keep Bobby, which I'm not sure I buy, considering he was also telling us weeks ago that they didn't have any intent to trade Russ when now after the fact, they're saying that it was Wilson's idea. And, and we know this wasn't something that just came out of the blue. So yeah, I'm having a little trouble buying that. But Let's come back and talk about some of the other players they mentioned and talk about some new acquisitions by the Seahawks in free agency. That's up next. Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll and general manager John Schneider met with the media on Wednesday to talk primarily about the Russell Wilson trade, but 
There were also some questions around the release of linebacker Bobby Wagner. Clinton, throwing it back to you, did anything else come out of that part of the discussion that intrigued you? There were there were a couple couple other things that like player wise, and I'm not talking about free agents yet. We'll probably get there too. But I thought the piece for um, when they asked about Cody Barton, that part actually felt pretty again back to the word intentional and also like very important you know it's like hey we're trying to flag like okay where's the believe believe meter in how do they feel about cody barton and i walked away from that and maybe it's just me confirming what i want to think about cody barton but i think they're fairly high on him it's like at the very least he's gonna get the shot to be the guy with brooks and obviously today they go out and get get a quality linebacker an edge an edgy linebacker for that three four hybrid we're gonna play with uh nuosu but I was pretty encouraged by that, that it's like, hey, it's his time. He, you know, he's put in the work and he, and he is the next guy. He's the next guy up, I think was the quote. So I don't know if you guys, how do you guys took that piece of it? And, and are, you, are you guys, I guess, more importantly than that, are you guys comfy with the idea that Barton might be a starting linebacker for us going into this year? Yeah, it's fine. I, I don't think that they need to go out and pay anybody a, Middle linebacker is generally not one of those spots where you see a lot of teams putting a lot of money into. And I mean, gosh, you know what the Rams have been playing, you having nobodies at linebacker for the last few years. So, yeah. Um, yeah and young guys down in Arizona, you know, obviously Fred Warner is the one star that the 49ers just paid, but it really, it's not one of those positions that, I mean, unless you get a future hall of fame, dude, that's not a position where I would look to pay in free agency ever. And I think Cody Barton's play has backed it up. I mean, when he's had his opportunities, he's kind of shown out. I, I, I've actually enjoyed what he's brought to the team. And the way they talked about him in the locker room made me think that he's one of the dudes they're looking at to not build the culture, because I think Pete made it very clear that the culture is his and it's there <laughs> and it's awesome. And everybody else will see it. It didn't leave with Russ. And, uh, but he thinks that Cody is one of the guys that will uh, continue that culture and help build it even further. I think their commitment to Will Disley, uh, I think that's another marker of a guy they look at that maybe necessarily isn't worth that kind of money per se, but they look at him as one of the tough locker room dudes. And why wouldn't they? He's from Montana. So he's got to be <laughs> awesome. And I, I just thought that move was interesting, especially knowing that you're getting Noah Fant back in the trade uh, and ha knowing that they are high on Parkinson. Yeah, I think it's a pretty, pretty good tight. I mean, it's an interesting tight end room. And obviously we think GE is going to, you know, Everett's going to be gone. We, you would imagine, right. Um, at some point pretty soon. But it's but they, they they it was cool to hear them talk about Fant too because you you get like I don't know, watered down is the wrong term but because things are so seen this is a better way of saying it because things are so seen through the the spectrum of fantasy football like things are so diluted that's what I was trying to go to that if a dude doesn't perform in fantasy football he's not good at football what surprised me was when they said yeah. Fant caught, what do you say, 58 or 68? Was it 68, 68 balls, yeah. When he threw that number out there, I was like, damn, he caught 68 balls? I had no idea. Just what? Just think of what Noah Fant could do if he got a quarterback thrown to him. Oh, wait, it's the same guy that's going to be thrown to him in Seattle. Yeah, yeah sure. Or Gina. Okay. Or, or Eason. Okay. Or Eason, right? Um, and, and, but, and the piece there, though, though is 
that's kind of an illustration though that like Bridgewater and, and others did use use tight ends more often. Right. So that might just be part of it too. It's like they want to get back to maybe earlier Russ when when it when it was the Zach Miller type stuff. And I look forward to that. I love the tight end position. I want to see the 12 personnel. I want to see us. It's not, it's not smash mouth football. You can be highly innovative from the 12 personnel um, and, and do lots of cool stuff. And that was kind of the promise, but we just, we just did not get there last year whatsoever. So anyway, that, that stood out to me. Cause I just didn't know that stat. Like dude, 68 receptions is a legitimate tight end season. Yeah. So to Ryan's nine eleven uh comment here, this is Pete and John's second chance too. Uh Pete talked a lot about second chances, second chances for specifically Drew Locke and Noah Fan. Drew Locke gonna be wearing the number guys. two, maybe specifically for his second chance. Well, there you go. But I went back, I went back a couple days ago and I watched uh the last three or four starts that Drew Locke made. And, you know, there's some things there that just on tape don't look great. But also, too, one of the things that really stood out to me was him and Fant. They both had to survive Pat Shermer's craptastic system. I got watching their route concepts and the way that they attack defenses. It just didn't make any sense. It, it was like they thought that we were in 1992 and it was like the K gun and everything was. 15, 20 yard shots. It took forever to develop. There were no gimmies. There were none of that stuff. Nothing was ever schemed up to be open. It was just traditional. Have, you know, Phil Sims back there, just, you know, five steps, read down the field, read man coverage. And there's no layers concepts. There's no mesh. There's no crossers. There's no RPOs. There's no screens. There's no, there was no easy stuff. There's no gimmies, you know? And that's really tough for a quarterback like Locke, who, in my opinion, having looked at it just a bit more deeply, I think he's a little bit of a slow processor. He doesn't see man coverage really great. He's actually pretty decent at zone because a guy kind of gets into his zone and he sees it, throws it. He's not an anticipatory thrower. You're going to have to run a very golf kind of centric offense, which, you know, I mean, we got the guy to do it to get the most out of him. It's going to have to be very simple, clear reads. You're almost going to have to get down to college simple. If you can get there with him, then you might get that guy. They were talking about his, you know, first five games with the Broncos where he broke John Elway's record for most <laughs> wins as a rookie. And he didn't five, he didn't five games. <laughs> four and one, four and one. Second chance is four yeah. and one. Uh, but both those guys, I think it's going to be interesting seeing them in a more schemed up kind of system that, they don't have to rely on, you know, old school kind of just your guy beats another guy. And that's another thing that I took away after watching that Broncos film. Everybody's like, oh, Russ is going to Denver. It's such a better roster. Like, I mean, they're going to be so much better. And after watching a lot of Broncos film, I'm looking at that. And I go, how much better is their roster? Like, I, I didn't see that massive difference that everybody talks about that our roster's trash. And Denver's is great. The more I look at Russ going to Denver, the more I see the potential for real struggles. 
Well, he's going to have a little bit of a problem with uh, some of the pass rushers that are coming mm-hmm. into the division. I saw still can't outrun Chandler Jones. <laughs> can't outrun Chandler Jones. Chandler following. Yeah. Hey, look, Chandler wants to set the all-time record of one player sacking one quarterback, and so he had to follow Russ to the AFC West, and so he can continue to get his six or seven sacks a, a year against one player and uh, continue to to pad that stat. I love, I mean, the AFC West is loading up, loading up. And and sure, are they still going to win their fair share of games, the Broncos? But is it fair to say that, you know, within the last couple of days, that might have taken a win or two away from the Broncos? Very possible. Very, very possible. He's, he's going to be chased more. That's for darn sure. I, I texted Bronco Jared. I was like, oh, man, I guess you're losing twice a year to the Raiders now. <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? I was like, Chandler Jones is Russ's kryptonite, man. Like. I wonder if Chandler Jones gave Russ half that contract because he owes it to him. <laughs> he really does. Uh, it, it was, uh, I don't think, lost on the Raiders why they would want to get rid of Ngakwe and bring in Chandler Jones considering the moves in their division. And the other thing I was thinking about with Russ in that division, if you're ranking the quarterbacks in that division, where does he land? I, I'm saying third. It's I think he's, I'll, I'll give him the credit to be like, he's tied with, you know, Herbert at this point in his career. Uh, he's right there. I'd put um, him ahead of Herbert. I, he's number Herbert's two. Herbert's a good yeah. quarterback. I mean, stop messing around. He's number two. Herbert's a good quarterback. That, sure. I, I get that. I get that. Herbert's a freaking baller. And then you factor in the last two and a half years of Russ. Has it been the consistency that he had shown for the majority of his career had it, had his clutchy moments showing up like they had for the majority of his career, those things seem to have faded a bit. The consistency, because how many games did we go through? And I'm not even talking about the finger injury games. I'm talking about the last half of uh, the, what would have been the 19 season in, in he's just like, where did this guy go? Did he, did he figure out too high safety concepts? And, is that something he's going to be able to overcome with a first-time head coach in Denver in an offense in a city that's expecting him to be the savior? There's a lot of pressure there that he's bringing upon himself, and maybe that'll bring out the best in him. Maybe that's what he really wanted, and you know, I, and I wish him luck. It just the more I think about some of the erosion of Russ's game around the edges at this point in his career going up against the likes of Mahomes and Herbert and shoot even Carr with, you know, Chandler Jones there for him. I don't think it's going to be the cakewalk that most Broncos fans think like Jared said, well, you know, whatever, man, we got the you know future MVP. Well, <laughs> he's going to have to figure out two high safety concepts before he even gets a vote. I'm not ready to start dogging on Russ just because he's not our quarterback anymore. Oh, now, uh, are I you mean, sure? I'm- well, are you sure? It feels I'm not good. ready. It's I don't want to do it right Look now. Look at Pete and John like, in that presser. Tell me, it doesn't feel liberating. I I will go back and I'm gonna good. I'm gonna check out Russ's press conference with the Broncos today, and so and so then I'm gonna wait until then. Oh, uh, Clinton, I, I'm pretty sure you can do this. I was gonna do it, but I think you can do it. <laughs> Give me Russ's press conference. I'm pretty <laughs> sure you can you can rattle it off from the top of your head. Oh yeah, just I'm 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 you know I'm I'm blessed to be here. I'm ble- this is a, this 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 is a blessing. You know, it's just it's about going all in. It's about it's about being here. It's about being 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 your best, and it's it's a 
It's it's the mentality of being unlimited and staying level and staying neutral. I want to stay neutral throughout the entire experience. And, you know, it's just, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to come out there and just do, just do really, it's about the work ethic and what you put in every single day. And I'm now I'm surrounded by guys and, and it's really, it's really a blessing. And I look around this room and I wonder why not us? Why not us? I want to know if he if he listed if he named off all of his receivers and running backs, like if he if he announced them all by name yeah, during yeah, the yeah, press yeah. conference. What the over under of players on his new team that he called out by name in the press conference? That's great, great call. Yeah, because he, he loves that. He get he'll get down to like the, the Kenny Hamler. Is it Ken, Ken Hamler? You know, he'll get down to that like fourth receiver level. He just keeps rattling. Can't help himself. Can't help himself. He, he was already to. promoting, though, that uh, everything that has happened uh, to make his move from Seattle to uh, because it wasn't him that. Uh, oh, what was the word that he used? Orchestrate demand. No, what, what, it wasn't him that started initiated. He didn't initiate the trade. That was what the, the word that he used. But he, he was already promoting that it'll, it'll all be in his book one day. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. OK. It's, which is fine. And I still love Russ and he's, he's freaking Keep amazing. And he, yeah, he was, he's great. And he's a hall of famer and, and I, I love the guy, but, but I'm, I'm ready. You know, like remember when, remember when uh, Hulk Hogan had to go bad for a little bit and he mm -hmm. was like, you know, all whatever that was, uh, w, NWO and stuff. Right. I'm ready for that. I'll, I can turn the page pretty easily and, and start to see like, um, you know, start to see those points of Russ and be like, Oh man, especially for this year. Cause every single time they lose, we get a we get a higher draft pick, and that's I I can do that. I can do these things. Well, one thing that was also interesting with Russell Wilson leaving town is that all of a sudden we're able to bring in free agent offensive linemen for visits. We we found out that tackle Trent Brown going to be visiting Seattle. Yeah. How about that? Russ leaves, and now all of a sudden we actually have dudes visiting. Three years too late. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a little bit maddening in one respect. You're like. How come now, like the centerpiece of it regarding players of this rest trade is Shelby Harris? How come now that you, you give a little extra money to Al Woods to make sure to be able to pair him up with him? How come now you go out and you sign Austin Blythe? How come now you're bringing in Trent Brown, you know, a legit left tackle? It, it's almost, I mean, not that Dwayne Brown wasn't a legit left tackle. I mean, he really, he generally was, but it just seems like, oh, now we now we care about the trenches. Like, come on! It's it's a little frustrating, isn't it? I, I want to. I do want to give some love to uh, Ron Pepper who dropped the comments. And this one, we all missed this one. We should all apologize to Bobby for missing this one. He says, "Just go one, <laughs> just go one and zero every week." You did. It's, it's all about going one and zero. We're going to go one and zero this week. So, Ron, great, great job because that one is you know he said it. You know that it was in there somewhere about. Game one, going one and zero. So every day, championship day. I, I do like the idea of mystery science theatering that uh, that press conference. That that, that might be <laughs> that something be for us that we all have to sit down and watch together at some point and, uh, and make show. that happen. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Trent Brown visiting. That was the big news. Uh, the other free agents uh, you mentioned: Clinton uh, Nuosu. Austin Blythe, Adam, you mentioned him. Cornerback Artie Burns from the Chicago Bears was the other free agent signing. And I see some people panning that signing. Two years, 20 million for a guy who, you know, blah, blah, blue, blue. Oh, blue, Nwosu. Right? Look, uh, isn't that what Burns got? Uh, no, he was one million? year, two million. Yeah. Burns oh, is super, okay. super cheap. 
Okay. Well, either way, even if they had paid him <laughs> two years, 20 million, like the idea that uh, you question their ability to bring in corners, that's one I just can't get on board with. I mean, we're all sad that DJ Reed left because he's a, he's a heck of a ball player. And the thing is, is that they always find dudes. They always find dudes. And so when they tell me, yeah, Artie Burns. Okay. I, I'll believe you on that one. And that's also like, you know, that's the Sean Desai thing. Like he knows that dude. So, you know, he's in, in the room going like, he's, he's telling them something about like, all right, this guy could play. And I, I texted or I tweeted at uh, EJ, EJ Snyder, because he's a huge Bears fan, really knows, he knows his players. And I was like, dude, what can you tell us about this guy? Because I don't really know Artie Burns. And he said that, you know, he was drafted in the first round that stuck with him and that, that you kind of, you never get rid of that in a, in a positive to the player. He said, if he was a fourth rounder, he probably would have washed out a couple of years ago. However, at that kind of level, it was like, you know, come with Desai and come teach, teach these other dudes, the defense that, that they're going to want to put in conceptually for the DBs. And he goes, so basically like what well, that that's fine at that level. And, and then you kind of mix in the idea that uh, Pete's been able to resurrect slash find people off the trash heap and make them successful. This is not once or twice. This is a consistent thing they've done now for, you know, six, seven, eight years where they have a very strong track record. Now, again, you also have the Quentin Dunbar's mixed in there and the Carrie Williams is, so it might not work, but at one for 2 million or so, it's 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 a it's a free square. So oh, yeah. and DJ got. Reed with what it was three years, thirty three million, so eleven million a year. It's kind of getting to that point to where you go, yeah, it's a little bit. I, it's just that the team could spend that money more wisely in other places. I would rather get a dude who uh, Clinton. It sounds like you know you know a little bit more about Nuosu than than we do. And who? but I would rather <laughs> I'd rather spend that money. I honestly didn't know he was a person. And then, you know, when Clinton had texted us in the group text, I, I, I literally, I think my first question was who? Like, I, I, I honestly had no idea. No, and quickly on him, it's like, I don't know a lot about him. However, you had, you had heard of him. And so that, to us, that was a lot, a lot more right, than right, us. Yeah. Z- zero to one is, is the hardest, they say, right? So, but like, but, but at the end of the year, the charges were on all the time because they were just, you know, in the race and it, it just every game whatever the four o'clock game that that was one of the ones that was on or they were, they were the, 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 the Sunday night or the Monday night or the Saturday, sometimes the Tuesday. So they, they were, were on, they were playing, they were trying to play yeah, for they that were, they were in tight games. Exactly. And that dude to me just kept showing out. I was like, who is, he was like electric in the sense that like he was all over the ball and he was kind of a havoc creator. He was just making people not do what they wanted to do. Not saying he made the play, but he's causing the quarterback to, you know, scramble out this way, or he's running through, uh, you know, uh, they, they, they slide a, a, a fullback or running back over to try to get, try to get him. And he demolishes that guy and somebody in the interior is coming in because it just, it causes an imbalance. So just in general, I don't know a lot about him yet, but the new hybridish, you know, three, four, he's, he's like that edgy linebacker. So when you start to pair him with Taylor and Dunlap and, and Nuosu, it's like, all right, it's interesting. It's very, I don't know if he's going to pan, but I'm sitting there sifting. I'm, si- I'm sifting for that nugget because I, I think they might have found something there. So I'm excited about him, man. And real quick, if folks don't know, 
a 2018 second rounder. This is not a dude that was from USC. Mm, you know, yeah. so that that's pretty freaking high capital. And he's he's in his prime too, which I think is all those are all good things. So on a scale of one to ten, Pete's excitement about Daryl Taylor this next season. I, I would put it pretty high. I would think Pete would be pretty high on Daryl Taylor. Yeah. 43? Yeah, at least. <laughs> 58? Somewhere in there? Yeah, somewhere in, in maybe even in the 50s. It's uh, on a scale of 1 to 10. I'm I'm interested in that move. Uh, the Artie Burns move is interesting. I like the uh, Sidney Jones bringing him back. I like the Quandre Diggs signing. The one you didn't that like Austin Blythe. You were not huge. You were, you were like, oh, this guy's... I'm not excited like, about Austin Blythe. I, I, he's fine. I, I hope they didn't pay a ton of money for Blythe. Hard telling, not knowing. We'll see the numbers when they come out and all that. But uh, you definitely need to build in those trenches for the run game. I mean, you heard Pete talk about his philosophy one more time. We're going to play great defense. We're going to yeah. run the hell out of the ball. And we're going to have a point guard for a quarterback. And my next question for you guys is in that mantra that he just stated, running the ball might be, I mean, he used to say it in his beginning of the year, little state of the unions that running the ball with toughness, you know, it, it, it completed the circle of toughness. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. Where are we at on running backs here? I mean, I, I'm a little surprised that they haven't brought Penny back already, but that whole market is moving really slowly too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You I, even I have, think that was something. You, you, yeah. You even have players agreeing to play somewhere and then the next day, not and then going back on their word with McKissick, right? So like mm -hmm. it's it's even moving that much. It's more like molasses, right? So, but Brandon, go ahead, man. You you were about to say. Oh, I just yeah, with the running game, it, I think that's something that we're just gonna wait and see. Those I, I think that's gonna move relatively slowly, but also a position that you can use a second round pick on, or even yeah. a third or fourth. But I I do think they'll find do that you guy. Think there's any way they don't match whatever offer penny gets no, i'm not saying that that's yes. the way that i yes. would go but i do i, do I think okay. there's a number that would get too high for them if, just if like with DJ like Reed. five and a half million a year and they're like okay he played five games and and blew it out i'm not saying he didn't with by the way ethan postick at center just let's say that too like holes he had holes did he go through them and then and then you know break amazing runs he did credit where due but yeah, man, I think there's a, just like there was for DJ Reed, I think there is a drop dead number. They're like, oh, you know, uh, let's try to pick up, pick a rent. I was going to say the Jaguars, but they've already spent, you know, 2.2 billion dollars. They spent their money already, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think there is a number. And because really? watching that presser, this is the John and Pete Ego tour. I mean, this is, they're coming back to, you know, show everybody. I mean, this is as much about their ego as about anything. And I, I just don't see them walking away from Penny because that's one of those that I think John wants to just shove up everybody's butts. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah? a good point. Oh, yeah? You don't think I can draft first rounders? Okay, well, we dra drafted at the bottom of the first round forever because we always win. And, uh, it, and this guy that everybody said was a bust, including this guy right here, yeah, uh, yeah. he's not. And uh, we're bringing him back and uh, a little F you. Yeah, yeah. We got people commenting about first round running back reaches that we're now going to make. And, but, but great. But to your point, Adam, like that's actually, that's an interesting wrinkle because we are talking, we are talking about his pride being dinged and being like, all right, we have to go 750,000 more dollars over 
whatever, not the Jaguars to uh, to match to match this. Um, do it, and I could see pride coming into that a little bit. Um, with that, I'm really intrigued by the the forty forty one back to back. I I keep gravitating back to the idea that look at second round running backs. Just go look at, at some of the best running backs in the league right now. A huge chunk of them are drafted in the second round. So, and you might even be looking at like at 40, it might even still be RB1. That like whatever you whatever you want, whatever your, you know, dealer's choice, your favorite running back is still there because no, no, no running backs are taken yet. So that to me is a very interesting spot where it's like if if Penny's inching towards five million a year and you can get a dude at 40 or 41 and it's the pick of your litter. And you can put him on a rookie contract, dude. Uh, sorry, bye bye. The thing is, though, with with running backs, we've had one free agent running back, well, two free agent running backs signed of significance. Chase Edmonds went from the Cardinals to Miami, uh, and six million a year. And they also got Raheem Mostert. Uh, Miami did and oh, they picked did. him up for three. Yeah, I like Raheem. Penny's. Mostert. I d- I don't think Penny's going to come in higher than six million a year. I'm curious for you guys. So I, I, I'm not sure that they're going to use uh, the draft picks that they have this year in order, uh, especially with uh, John's joke about, well, we're going to uh, select eight times. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Yeah, I say, <laughs> you know, that, yeah. I thought that was pretty funny, but with those first four picks this year, is there a position group that they could draft that would piss you off? Tight end. Like that would be nonsensical considering what they've already done at tight end. Um, Safety. I think that would be kind of silly. Other than that, I mean, why? I don't know. I could Mm -hmm. see them drafting a safety if they like somebody a lot. Yeah. Uh, Mainly because I think they could see Quandre in the lawyer Malloy role to the new cam chancellor. Oh, the other running back that got paid was James Conner from Arizona, who is yeah. six and a half uh, million a year or seven, something like that. So yep. I, that's the that's going to be the top of your market. Penny's not going to go higher than that. In that case, I, I think Penny's coming back to Seattle. I, to, to close out on that part, I agree. I don't think he's going to get that kind of level money because Conner's been, while he's had some injuries, it's been a heck of a lot more durable. Multiple teams shown out now with with the Steelers and had a very good year at the Cardinals. Although his his yards per carry was kind of trash. Yeah. If you compare his his you know YPC to, to Edmonds, Edmonds was over five and Connor was like whatever three and a half. Connor got all the touchdowns. He got he got all the love. So it's 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 kind of like you know again that's a, that's like fantasy football prism. Oh, Connor's great. Maybe. Maybe uh, it's I, I don't I'm not I'm not I don't know but I agree with you six and a half I don't think Penny's going to get that kind of and, money. and I'm with I, Omerta I, just, I, I the first round running back uh, count me out that's especially at number nine I'm out you on know what'd too. be worse than that though is if they selected a quarterback there like, oh at, no, at I, nine I, yeah there's not a first round quarterback in this draft I, I I just I don't see it I think the guy that I would select the highest would be pick it maybe at the end of the second and then you know a few dudes maybe in the third and then a bunch of guys that are in that you know fifth sixth seventh round or undrafted like I, I think that's kind of where they fall so if they used one of those picks this year on quarterback I'd be very disappointed 
Yeah. And if they used it to trade for a quarterback like Matt Ryan, for instance, I would also be upset. I saw I saw somebody that, on Twitter suggesting happen. that we should trade a first round pick and Tyler Lockett to Atlanta for Matt Ryan. I mean, who sent that? It was that. <laughs> was that the GM of the Falcons? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, was that was that, the, was that was that shortbread or you know focaccia or was that Kyle Pitts sending that out? Like, I mean, that's, that's the number that Matt's playing at. Like, is anything over a sixth third. an overpay? I would say anything over a third is is an overpay, right? I agree because you're taking on a gigantic contract for a dude who's what they the say not armed. good. He's at the no, end. he's 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 becoming the the. The Philip Rivers, Drew Brees, Roethlisberger. If he last, was good, but I'm saying like be, last days. Yeah, but like, but the, the, yeah, yeah. I I think I think Matt Ryan's a better quarterback than you think he is. Yeah. Um, for his career, but we're but we're talking about like still like shades here. We're not talking about you know all timer. And with that, it's still entering that. Yeah, you're in you're in your last two years where you can't throw the ball more than 25 yards downfield with authority. So no thanks. Well, let's close this out with uh, something that Ron Pepper has posted here. He says, I just noticed we're picking one spot ahead of our pick that went to the Jets. So the correct answer of the player we all hope is selected by the Seahawks at number nine is I just hope we get the pick that was on the top of the New York Jets list. That's the guy I want. (laughs) Uh, Are you sure? Is Is that where you want to aim? Whatever the Jets wanted. No, that was a bad idea. It was a bad joke. And I think with that, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks, fellas. 